Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When we're sexually healthy, it helps our confidence in the bedroom and in the boardroom. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Britt Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer? Make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. In today's episode, we're talking to Emily Morse, doctor of human sexuality and expert on all things sex and relationships. She's the creator and host of the very popular Sex with Emily podcast and radio show. And she's here to teach me and all of you something new about sex. So since today is all about sex ed, let's start with real sex ed. Ange, did you even take that class? So I grew up in Utah for the time that you would take sex ed. So the answer is no. There was a class called maturation where you basically learned about periods and to not have sex and to not really kiss either. So I basically learned everything I needed to know from TV. Yeah, I mean, I was born and raised in Texas, super religious Christian. The media was pouring into me as well, like, wait till marriage, wait till marriage, sex is bad. So I didn't learn about sex until my mom subscribed me to, do you remember this magazine, YM, Young and Modern? Yeah. Yes. Um, I was eight. And she subscribed me, and that was her way of teaching me about sex because there were literally columns in it that were like, how to give a blowjob. And I was like, what is a blowjob? And it was so uncomfortable. But my friends would always want to come to my house and read my sex magazines. Oh, my gosh. So that's why I was the popular kid. You could honestly submit that to Traumarama if you remember that column from 17. Oh, Um, 17. Wait, so did your parents have the talk with you at any point? Or was it just like, here's the magazine, move on? Yeah, it was just like, I subscribe you to this cool magazine. Bye. Oh, my gosh. And now I have two boys and I have to be like, what do I even call their their penis? Like, is it a wee wee pee pee? Then then they get confused because I call it a pee pee. But then pee pee is a thing that they do in the potty. So it's like that's out the window. And then they don't they're like, why don't you have a pee pee? How do you pee pee in the pot? There's too much pee pee <laughs> oh happening is the moral of the story. And you have two girls. I have two girls. Um, Obviously, the eight-month-old isn't really chit-chatting with us about body parts, but um, we've used penis and vagina from the start. Okay, so last question. How do you feel like sex has changed now that you're married, you have two kids? Both of us actually started dating our husbands in our teenage years. It's true. (laughs) It's true. That's been a little crazy. I have, yeah, I'm, I've been with my husband for 18 years since I was 18, um, which is 
completely insane and amazing. But, you know, I feel like we've had a lot of different sex lives over the years, and they've all been pretty positive. What about you? Like, how has it sort of changed over the years, especially with kids in marriage? Yeah, well, I have to say this whole episode is kind of uncomfortable for me, um, but I'm trying to be vulnerable and brave and put myself out there. Um, but yeah, I was like, I don't know if I should say this, if Dave's going to get oh. upset, but um, <laughs> I've literally had two sexual partners in my life um, and he's one of them. So <laughs> I didn't oh, come into it with that much experience, <laughs> nor did I just like feel educated about anything related to how I should feel during sex, what like good sex is or bad sex is, how to do anything myself, how to talk about it. And and I would say not until the last year or two have I even started learning a little bit more about it because it's it's become necessary. Like we have two kids. Life is crazy. I'm excited about this podcast because I really do want to learn something new, a lot of new things about how to make my sex life better. And on that note, we are so excited to welcome Doctor of Human Sexuality, Emily Morse, to teach me something new about sex. Welcome, Emily. It's so good to be here with you, oh. you both. We have There's so many questions. <laughs> I know. I mean, we could just go into therapy or we could ask you questions. It's like up to you which way you want to go with this. You know, it's good. It's funny because in listening to your intro, I was like, oh, there. Okay, so I'm like writing notes. I'm like, okay, well, we could talk about how to talk to your kids about sex. And then I thought, oh, you both with your partners for so long, there could be a little fun therapy session. So really, it's up to you where you want to take this because I think you've really covered so many things that are going to be helpful to all of your listeners, I think, you know, but definitely it's very common where you're coming from that most people are, are not have zero sex education wherever they came from and, and we're not comfortable talking about it. And then when there's problems, we don't know what to do. Yeah. Universal. Leading into this, Britt and I, who have been friends, co-founders, partners, everything for eight years, have never talked about sex besides that we should talk about sex on our site. (laughs) Actually, it's been a big debate. Yeah. Like how much should we talk about sex? Because we don't want to be, you know, like the dark, mischievous, like people. I mean, not okay. I'm totally stereotyping. I'm so sorry. You're showing your cards with the dark, mysterious. This is how bad (laughs) it's ingrained in my psyche. Okay, everybody. And I I think there are some people out there just like me. Mm -hmm. And this is just like years and years of conditioning of what sex is. And so I want, but I'm so excited to like build a healthy relationship around it. In fact, I want to use, you know, this time together to like use me as the guinea pig. You know, I know sex is good for health in theory, um, but psychologically it's hard to get there for a lot of reasons. And so I'm curious to dive into all of that with you. But before we do go into that, can you actually start with the science behind the benefits of sex? Yeah, that's a good place to start. I mean, it's interesting because when you think about sex and you're so, everything you're saying is so common that most of us grew up with sex being taboo, mischievous, dark. So one of my missions on the planet is is to make it so we realize that sex is actually part of being overall healthy. When we're sexually healthy, it helps our confidence in the bedroom and in the boardroom. 
because when we feel empowered, like we feel that we know our bodies and we know what feels good. And then we're able to communicate that without all the shame and trauma, but there's so much to unpack there because most of us grew up with like, you have to have sex, but don't talk about it. And of course we don't know how to do it and feel safe because no one ever made us feel that way about it. But the truth is, so overall, if you had the the health benefits of sex are, it actually does help with confidence because most of us are walking around, we're having sex, but we're not sure that it's right. And then overall it's hope. It's hard to feel confident across the board when there's this like hole like of like, I'm confident, I'm smart, I'm, good, I'm a good friend and a good mom, but like, I don't know, sex is this dark hole. But then there's actual like science, like scientific benefits, biological benefits to having sex. And those are just like an orgasm releases all these feel-good hormones like serotonin and dopamine and, and um, all these ways that it helps your, our immune system. It can help with PMS. It can help you know, boost our mood. So the more that we experience pleasure and then connection with our partners, right? Oxytocin gets released with our partners, which is like the cuddle hormone. And so there's a lot of that, that just, and then when we don't have it, you start to feel, we might not attribute it to not having sex or connection, but as humans right now, and especially what's going on on the planet, we're all so disconnected, right? Like if you're, if you're not seeing other people or if you're quarantining alone, I mean, there's just a lot to that, that I think we're going to see Like we need each other. We need touch. And Yeah. Well, that makes so much sense. I feel like the confident one is so the confidence one is really interesting because I could also see it going the other way, where if you think you're not good at sex or you didn't have the right kind of sex, then you're less confident in the world. Well, exactly. And I, I love that you're saying that too, because most of us walk around. The reason why we don't talk about sex with our partners for example, or with anybody is because we're afraid that when we bring it up, one of two things are going to happen. Either we're going to hurt their feelings because they're going to think they're doing something wrong. Like if we say, babe, let's talk about our sex life. But then also to say, um, we're afraid that we're going to be called out, like we're doing something wrong. And if someone came to you and said, oh, I want you to do this in the bedroom, that we're immediately going to feel inadequate because most of us are walking around in this discomfort area, like we're somehow doing it, but we're just getting by. So um, yeah, those are the, that's why we don't talk about it. And then, well, maybe the third thing is that we feel that it's wrong. We don't have any models of people talking about sex in society in a healthy way. We certainly didn't have the education. I've been doing this as my show podcast, Sex with Emily for 15 years. And it's, it's the thing is, it's, it's amazing to see that people are a little bit more interested right now. And there's a little bit more tolerance towards sex, but to be honest, it hasn't changed that much that we all, and that's just my goal is to make it so it is not taboo. So we don't feel as much shame and trauma on it. So we can actually get to the benefits of sex, which is connection and intimacy and confidence, kind of rid ourselves of all those taboos, but it's a process. Why do you feel like some people like you, obviously are so comfortable talking about sex? Like what, what hurdle did you sort of cross to get there? It's a great question. I mean, I was just like everybody else. I had this hunch that there wasn't, that, that there was more to sex than meets the eye. I thought, I threw my hands up. I was like, I, I've been dating. I've had good relationships. I think that sex could be a lot better than it is. It's okay. It's not amazing. I'm definitely an overachiever, but I was like, everyone seems like they're having great sex. Or I also was one of the many women, the majority of women cannot have an orgasm through penetration. In fact, only 20% of women do. So I walked around feeling broken. Like I, 
I, cause you know, everyone has that one friend that can, and then you feel like, well, I want to be like her one day. Why can't I? But the truth is it's literally not possible for many women. That all has to do with genetics um, and the way our body's shaped and the way like if our clitoris is closer to our vaginal opening or not, like literally there's like all the people in the world, there's nothing you can do about it. And then I started to unpack it and I realized like, well, what would it take to, you know, I just kind of felt in, like I, w- I wanted to, if sex is supposed to be this amazing thing, because we're all sold this bill of goods around sex, right? Like it's this special thing and there's going to be fireworks and it's going to be like, we, we can't talk about it, but when it happens, it's going to be the best thing ever, right? I'm just thinking about an equivalent of like your first trip to Disneyland. We were super excited. Mickey Mouse got the stuffed animal in the hat. That was great. But sex was not, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't have like any trauma, but I kept thinking I'm seeing on television, I'm seeing in movies, you know, heterosexual, man meets woman, they, they, it goes on for two minutes, they roll over on the bed, everyone's happy. And that wasn't my experience. And that's all I knew. So I set out on a mission and I started a podcast 15 years ago in my living room, much like this, um, saying how in just interviewing my friends and my everyone about their sex life. I was like, what is the deal with sex? Because I was certain that I was missing something. And I came to find out that most people were having this kind of experience, that it, people were not communicating, women were not having as much pleasure. And the women who did, you know, had learned, had studied it, had more confidence, had partners they were able to communicate with. And then I went into a deep dive, went back to school, got my doctorate. And so I had to learn to be, so I was not always confident. I faked orgasms. I pretended things were great when they weren't. So that's where I started. So I was not born with it. Do men have the same issues? Well, here's the thing. Men have the issues, but they don't know they have the issues. So Men have just as much confusion around sex. I always say that to men, like the vagina is like the Rubik's cube of life because (laughs) every woman they meet, it's different. They don't have a lot of information around it. It's like confusing and confounding. And so it's similar in that men, I think, lack a lot of, if they're self-aware, they're like, God, how did I miss this? I don't, they don't have a lot of confidence around it. They also didn't have great sex education. Um, men can have orgasms that's more easily available to them. So they, men report having more satisfaction during sex. So there was a study that came out recently and they, of, of, of all genders and all sexual orientations who had the most satisfying sex. Number one was straight men. Number two was gay, gay couples. And then it was, um, I think it was lesbians and then it, I mean, down the line, it came down like number five was like six or was like straight women. We got this, ladies. We got this. But yes. Guess, great thing is, though, when you just learn a little bit about it and you learn how to, it's really just about communication and, and, and also a little bit of work we'll get into, um, self-acceptance and, and self-pleasure. But the difference with men is that a lot of people now have grown up watching porn. And so that's their sex education in air quotes, because the thing about porn is, it's kind of like learning how to drive, like you're watching Fast and the Furious. It's not actual how sex goes down. It's, it's created by men for men through the male gaze. And so it's very misleading. Someone did a big study of porn and 83% of the time, women did not have an orgasm in porn. And exactly. I, which is, which is so much proof that it isn't even made for women, you know, it's like made for men and not women. I thought that was men. really interesting. And I love that you guys are covering this right now. Cause I know you said you haven't before, but even just the basics of this information. So then women can feel free to be like, Oh, I thought I was broken. I'm I, cause women are now faking it like porn. So the women are having orgasms and then the positions they're in sexually. Like I was yelling at the cameras, but that, that's not, 
that's she can't be having an orgasm that way. That wouldn't feel good. They're cheating towards Cameron. So yeah, it's not that nice. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I like kind of want you to narrate, you know, like some porn right. for us sometimes. I would, just... I would like her to curate porn. Like, oh, yeah. tell me what the real sex, because again, I've got a, a data, like my, I have two different <laughs> sexual partners, so I don't have like a ton of um, different types of experiences. I would like you to curate what is the more <laughs> accurate porn versus the inaccurate porn. There's a few sites. There's not enough out there. Okay. So there's a site called Make Love Not Porn. And um, a woman named Cindy Gallup started it. I mean, the, the problem is a lot of this porn, you have to, it's subscription. So you got to like pay for it, but they might have, you know, teasers. I've done a lot of, po- there's another woman named Erica Lust. Yeah, I've heard of her. She's like, I'm going to create porn for women by women. And it's, re- it's real bodies. It's, you know, women actually experiencing pleasure. So there's a great book also for your listeners, anyone who's, and I think buy it for your husbands. It's called She Comes First and it's by Ian Kerner. And I think it just had its, 20th anniversary. Um, and it's like, there's just some basic things. So I would tell you that if you're watching porn, that's more created for the female gaze. It's mostly about women's pleasure because if she comes first in that vein, that we know, we said that many men are going to get there. And that once we kind of women are pleased and women have their fantasies met, then men are going to get that. That's going to happen. And so kind of changing the, the shift being what do women find attractive? And so it would be, so for example, these porns that you watch are these, yeah, I guess it is porn. It would, there's more of a plot. There's more of a storyline. Mm-hmm. You get to know the characters. Like the ski instructor doesn't just show up, but actually <laughs> have lessons that day. <laughs> I was oh thinking about gosh. this one I watched on her site. I was like, oh, that's really hot. They're like in this French chateau, but you saw the progression. And it's not like you have to sit through an hour, okay? It's still fun. <laughs> there's a little bit of background, right? Amazing. You said something, which it sounds like you want to get into, which is around um, like self-esteem. And and I think it's t- tied to that confidence question. But Ange and I were, were brainstorming before this episode, just in our own lives, like what holds us back a little bit? And maybe Ange, we can pepper in something. Mm-hmm. The first one for me is like body image. You know, I've, I think I've, like many women, I've, I sort of feel confident in my body, but maybe not all the time. And then I'm naked. And then like in the dark versus in the light and that it just depends how I feel that day. Did I work out? Like, did I eat? Well, I don't know. It all plays into it. So that's one thing. And well, maybe we'll go, we'll go through all of our things and you can comment if these are fair. I mean, I'm sure they're all fair, but maybe you can comment if they're like very popular for women. So I think, I mean, one thing I'm sure you're going to talk about is knowing what we want and how to ask for it. And again, not having it feel like feedback or like criticism, because it's like sometimes you want to like review what just happened and be like, these were some of the really high moments. <laughs> this was like, OK. Yeah. And <laughs> another one. so weird. Yeah. And another one is literally even just knowing how to say the words to talk about it. Like I can't like we just I have a hard time saying vagina, like when we talk about our children's body parts, but like much less penis <laughs> dick i can't i can't i can't do it i can't do it so it's practice right okay this is yeah you guys just nailed it i mean really body image insecurities and men have it as well um that's a huge one and then also well what the hell do i say had no one to, i've never even said the words no one's ever said the words it's just like a practice so so the first thing is body image and that is i mean that is such a that is a, one of the top things I hear. 
you know, we're so cons- like, if we don't feel good, we don't like ate too much for dinner and didn't work out or gained three pounds or the lights really coming in right now. Um, it can be really challenging. And so that just kind of like, it's like how you get confidence in other areas. So think about the areas in your life where maybe you used to feel insecure and now you feel more confident. Like I've seen my like public speaking, like I used to be so insecure about it. Can I do it? And then it was more like studying it, doing it. And now I'm like, okay, I can get up and give a speech. So it's kind of very, it's very similar to sex in that the more you actually learn what feels good to you, that'll be your driving force. So it's like education. It's like, are you actually enjoying sex? Are you having orgasms? Are you masturbating? Masturbation is part of being overall sexually healthy. When you asked about what it means to be sexually healthy, I don't know. This is one of the top things. I don't even think I mentioned it, but truly that across the board um, is masturbation is number for men and for women, because then it's, it's, it's self-love. It's how you actually learn how everything works. Like I used to believe before I started my show, someday my prince will come. And so will I. (laughs) (laughs) And He's going to ride up on this white horse and then I'm going to know everything. I thought that men were shipped off to some secret school where they learned everything about the female body. And then they, I like, for some, in my head, I literally like, well, they know. Guys got this covered. I didn't know that I had responsibility. And so my responsibility, and I, I didn't grow up like, I didn't masturbate. I didn't, it didn't even occur to me. I didn't even have shame around it. I just like many people had shame who grew up in very religious homes. They're like, oh, don't touch yourself. It's actually, so it, it didn't even occur to me. And then I had friends in college. I said to them, because this started when I was in college. I said, what the hell is it with sex? It doesn't seem that great. And they're like, well, have you ever masturbated? Have you had an orgasm? And then years later, I started the show and I was like, oh, that's a big part of it. So really, we need to figure out what's under the hood. Like, we, what is going on in here? Now, you could do it with a partner and say, like, let's figure this out together. But I really think it comes to like getting curious about your body because once you realize the benefits of having orgasms and being control and like what actually feels good for yourself, then you're going to be more excited for sex. I've heard that before. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm very much on the early edge of the masturbation thing. I, it's same thing, like religious household was taught, you know, not to do that. Um, so it's still a struggle for me. And, and now it's so hard because theoretically I know what you're saying is true, but I, ha- I don't know when, like I, my day is consumed by work, like two little boys, yeah. more work. Um, and then I just die. <laughs> so I'm like, well, no, uh, it's well, like, it feels like I need to schedule it or something to make it a priority. I got to tell you that every, that, that actually one of the big things I talk about on my show is scheduling sex. And when I first heard that, I was like, I will never tell anyone to do that. That is the least sexy thing on the planet. Like I'm going to be like, pick up dry cleaning, make kids dinner and, and mats have sex. Like that's not hot or sexy, but the truth is everything else in our life, we do prioritize things that happen in our life are the things that we prioritize. And then there's a certain level of desire discrepancy, which many couples face is one person wants sex more than the other, which happens in every single relationship. There's a high desire partner and a lower desire partner. So hopefully that makes you feel better because I don't even know your situation, but it typically happens in every relationship. And so if you know that it's Saturday night, that's our night, we're getting a sitter, we are, this is what's happening. Then no one feels rejected on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. It's happening on Saturday. And then we can kind of talk about it or what are we going to do once we get you there with the language and feeling comfortable with it. And then I'm telling you, once you get over the awkward part with the language and all that, you're actually going to get to a point 
where it's something that you look forward to and it's a shared experience that has benefits and connection, all these great things for both of you. And then just, I mean, honestly, it's, 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 it's practice and it's getting out of our heads and being in our bodies and it's mindfulness because I hear from women all the time who are just like, how do I get out of my head, Emily, during sex? What do I do? And so it's kind of the same things we do whenever we get anxious or stressed. And I just think about my breath, go back to my breath and the moment and connecting with my partner. And sometimes I focus on the five senses that are happening in the moment. Like, what am I hearing? Breath. What am I smelling, tasting, seeing? And then it anchors you in the present. So that helps with it too. So there's a lot here. We could talk for like six hours. I know. The, <laughs> we need the, six podcasts. <laughs> what are the most, and I know you've covered some of this, but can you sort of list out the most common issues and questions that people call in about? Do men and women have super different questions or where is that overlap? Um, I, I would say that the top questions I get asked are for women, why can't I have an orgasm during intercourse or in general? I've never had one. How do I have one? And then there's also for men, there's a variety of penis challenges like they arrive too quickly. They don't, they can't at all. Um, there's also, how do I get my partner to blank? So that's a big one. There's also just, am I normal? Is this okay? And I think the majority of people just want to know, am I normal? Because again, we don't have a litmus test. We have nowhere to go for normal. Um, I would say that, that the desire for discrepancy or wanting sex more often than a partner is a really big one. What's your answer to that? I mean, I'm curious. Um, because I notice it in all my friends, my own relationship. Like, do you each have to come up and down a little bit to match? It's actually just talking about it in a way that is, um, which I can also give you some language for. But because, I, again, it's it's about finding a, a compromise. How many times a week? People always say, like, how many times a week? And it's like, I'm not going to. Couples get to decide. So like for, I would say once a month isn't enough, although couples fall into that, especially with young kids. But finding out like if someone wants it every day and then you're like, okay, with twice a week, well, then you got to kind of figure out like maybe it's like four, three and a half times one week and then next week it's four. I mean, it's, and it really is plotting it out like everything else. And then deciding that sex isn't always, we have such a linear definition of sex that it's like it's intercourse. And there's a lot of other ways to connect and be sexual, you know, through touch and through, you know, masturbation or mutually pleasing each other um, and just kind of getting creative about other ways that you could connect that don't just always look the same. Because since we have one definition of it, always the same over and over again, that's going to get boring. I'll say that this was the biggest breakthrough for me, by the way. I didn't think Dave would consider all of those things, sex or intimacy, but like, I love getting a massage. I would gladly take a massage every day if, if Dave wanted to. And he likes to give massage and he feels like to him that is connectedness. And so this has been an amazing compromise where I get a massage and he feels like his sexual desires being met. And so, and even stuff like eye gazing, I did this as like part of a challenge uh, series called Give It a Week a couple of years ago where I literally tried eye gazing for five minutes. I think I read this in the New York Times. Yep. You literally just stare in someone's eyes for five minutes. And of course, you start laughing at first and then it gets serious and weird and, re and not weird, but it's, it starts getting weird. And then it goes real. And you're like, you could see in their soul and you feel this crazy connection. And it's just like those little things, massages, eye gazing, like all apparently count as emotional intimacy, at least I for our relationship. 
No, it's so true. Yeah, that was a big story in the New York Times about like, do this if you want to fall in love or ask these 36 questions to mm-hmm. fall in love. And then the eye gaze thing. And it's so true that you, all these things get are awkward at first, but it's so connected. I, I mean, I love that. That is absolutely true that couples, once you get past all the awkwardness, there's nothing like that, just that, that moment where you just you do feel that connection. And massage is an incredible gateway to intimacy or having it be everything. And what, what we find a lot, I often tell couples like, just play with massage or take sex off the, take intercourse off the table and get to know each other. Like how great was it in the beginning when everything's like new and exciting? bring that back. Like, let's just not like, let's just make out for a week and build the tension again and build the excitement around it not happening. Like there's something to the the seduction that we forget to do when we're busy in lives and relationships and kids and all that. We don't, we forget to do that. So, so yeah, the eye gazing and then yeah, massage for some couples too. They're like, I always tell couples switch off, like each massage each other for 10 minutes because sometimes the, one of our biggest barriers to having sex is anxiety and stress. And when we're stressed and anxious, sex, pleasure, goes out the window. But when we touch our partners and we'll connect with like a 10 minute massage, you realize, and you might feel this too, Britt, that sometimes you're just like, oh, I, it wasn't going to be sex, but now I'm relaxed. I'm more in the mood. Maybe you are more turned on. So it's, it, it works. And it's so, it's so interesting too, because I have no problem being like, oh, harder on the left side, move up, move down. And, <laughs> but I am like miss anxiety when it comes to communicating like what I need sexually. So it's an interesting parallel that I can like command him during a massage, but not during sex. Well, it's just, maybe he likes it. I don't know, but it's, it's the same thing. It's literally because listen, he wants to please you. They are dying to rock your world. So you could go on a journey and say, i want this as well. Like, let's commit to being each other's greatest lovers. Do you want to start on a journey? And I have a lot of stuff on my website where I talk about this, or, I mean, I could give you guys some tips too, but really it would be just like talking about like, Hey babe, so what's the, like, you could even blame me. People do this all the time. I'm like, tell us, say you were Dr. Emily, you were listening. And she said, couples should do this. And babe, I know it's weird. And I know we've been together forever, but I don't know. We've never done this. What do you say we give it a try? So let's talk about our sex life. I know like, I love you and you have to do like the compliment, like you're the best lover I've ever had. And like, this is amazing, but I didn't realize it could be next level. Wouldn't that be incredible that we could actually like <gasps> have the sex that, uh, would you be down? Who's going to say no to that? Like, I don't know. It's, you could even be honest though. This is really vulnerable for me. It feels weird and I'm anxious. Just that's the realest moment ever. And I'm sure he might be too. And he might say, well, this is making me feel like I wasn't that great. Like, no, babe, I swear you're me. Once you get past all that. And the first thing could be like, let's talk about the three most memorable times you've had sex. Like, I'll tell you mine, like moments, like things that felt the best to you. Not like what you think he'll like, but what are the times that, you know, and there's so much information in that. It's so rich with details. Like, I love the time we were, a lot of it's on vacation, right? We were on vacation and, and, you know, the wind was blowing outside and maybe there's like something that happened. Like we thought that someone saw us and they didn't. And you're like, oh, well, maybe I'm into this element of surprise or voyeurism or, or maybe it's just that you need more time where you feel safe. So there's not kids walking in or maybe there was a certain touch or a certain buildup. Maybe you couldn't have sex for a week and it was the first, like, first time. So there's a lot of data in our actual past experiences that inform new ones. So maybe you each swap those lists for the three most memorable times or, you know, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of other exercises, but that could be a great place to start educating each other about, you know, body parts. So like 
together being like, tonight just about you. But I think just the, a great thing is swapping lists about what has felt good and start with the positive. Like you were talking about hands, like, do I give him a PowerPoint? But <laughs> I was saying it give me a PowerPoint. These are the best times we've had sex. But we want to stay, you know, in the positive zone because it is so, it can be so fraught. Um, but starting there. Getting, totally. Getting- I feel like whenever we it's always vacation, like you said, and always like basically having sex outside is our number one favorite thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like be yeah. on a hike and be like, oh, could we like hide behind that hillside? <laughs> exactly. Just be careful on a beach because I tried that one time and it got really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> I I have had a few successful sex escapades with my husband on the beach so I, <laughs> okay we'll do a separate episode some, on that because I need to learn something new from you I about can do sex. the outdoor sex podcast because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's okay. my expertise okay great but so that might tell you like okay well there's certain element of like you're worked up so here's the thing couples who I always say couples who play together stay together and working out is one of those like adrenaline so you're feeling connected, you're outside, you're moving your body, you're already like, maybe you're sweaty and you guys are talking and you're not worried about other things, you're in nature. How great to know that, that like, okay, so maybe we need to like run around the block together. We need to just make more time with just the two of us. And we, you know, I think couples, again, they put their vacation and their alone time on the back burner as well. Once they have kids, they're like, never take the time away. So I just think, how can you create that at home, you know, where you're at now? So yeah, there you go. Like you're going outside, you're, you're doing different things. You're even just talking about it. Here's the thing also, which I think is going to be really cool. And I can't wait to hear what happens is that like just the act of getting past it and then it becomes kind of cool. It's like a new, it's like a new interest that you're sharing now to both make it great and fun. And then you kind of get into it. You're like, let's, let's try that. And then that becomes exciting in itself. I love it. 